Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Coming to you live from Atlanta, but raised on the mean streets of Philly. You'll be able to tell quickly. Just listen. It's the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. And I'm coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need an expert to help navigate the home loan process, Rocket can. And we appreciate our friends at Rocket Mortgage. There's breaking news out of the NFL. Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL Insider, tweeting this out no more than 10 minutes ago. The NFL is shutting down the Patriots facility this morning. Marking the third shutdown in 10 days. According to Adam Schefter, Patriots are testing this morning and awaiting further direction from the NFL. The status of Monday night's game versus Denver is in question. So now the Patriots, the Broncos were scheduled to leave for New England later today. It's uncertain now if they will. We're waiting to find that out. So, got to roll with the punches, dudes. Got to roll with the punches. It is, it's 2020. Either pull the covers over your head and don't deal or you got to deal. And we will keep our eye on this story as it breaks this morning and what that means for that game and for everyone else. It is a another Sunday when we wake up to college football, and it was a wild college football Saturday. And one of the things, and Sabah pointed out when she called in last hour, it appears that there's now a new thing in college football. It's called optional defense. I didn't know this was a thing. But then I watched college football again yesterday, and I realized, oh, it's a thing. It is a thing. And it looks like Clemson can play some defense. And it certainly looks like Georgia can play defense. But I've got to tell you, Alabama, Florida, Texas, and Oklahoma, who have now neutralized each other out, When was the last time that Texas and Oklahoma were not even ever going to be a part of the national championship discussion, and it's October the 11th? When was the last time? They're done. Some would say the Big 12 is already done. Others would tell you that that's disrespectful. You can make your own judgment there. But the idea of defense in college football being so optional, I don't understand it. Now, there are some who would explain to you that this year is a little bit different. There was a global pandemic. They didn't have spring football. Okay, okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. I understand. 
Now, can you answer me this question? Why do the offenses look so good and the defenses look so unprepared? They didn't have spring football. And honestly, there are so many more moving parts on a offense to get in sync than there are in a defense. Defense can be much more primal. You. Put your hand there. and, and Okay, when the ball is snapped, go kill that guy. See him? That guy? Yeah, yeah. Knock him and break him in half. There's much more of a primal nature to playing defense than a strategic nature to playing offense. So if everyone's going to continue to use this no spring football excuse for why the defenses are so poor, why are the offenses so great? Are the offenses great because the defenses are poor? Is offense that far ahead of defense? I live in Atlanta, so defense is optional on Sunday afternoons, clearly. But I don't know about it on Saturdays. If you miss the Saturday in college football, the fallout will entertain you. Quickest run around the world of college football you've ever heard coming up around 20 minutes past the hour here on the J.K. Show on CBS Sports Radio. So I'm hitting the road this week, and I'm going to do a little tour of SEC country. I live in SEC country, broadcasting out of Atlanta, 6A of the Fan Studios. But uh, the college visits are beginning. So I'm doing the, essay, the, uh, the little SEC tour where, because my daughter has off of school Monday and Tuesday, so, and I'm sort of semi-permanently off right now during the week. So we're getting in the car, and we're driving over, and tomorrow... I don't know if Nick Saban's going to see me when we visit. I'm thinking you might put some time in. Tomorrow, it's Alabama. We do the tour of Alabama tomorrow. Go over and see the business school. Go over and see the beautiful campus. And I'm sure Nick Saban will make some time in the schedule when he realizes that I'm coming onto campus. And when he meets Olivia, he's really going to want her to be a member of the Crimson Tide. So tomorrow's going to be all about seeing Alabama. So Crimson Tide, you got your bet. Put your best face on tomorrow. If you're looking to get a superstar, young superstar kid. And a semi-obnoxious parent that will then, of course, put on the golf shirt and cheer for everything. That's what you would like to do. Now, wait a minute. Then we get in the car on Anthony on on. Tuesday morning, first thing. We're gonna stay over, we're gonna stay over in Tuscaloosa. So if you're if you know, and don't tell me Dreamland. I've been to Tuscaloosa four or five times in my life. Don't tell me Dreamland. Where should we do dinner on Monday night in Tuscaloosa? Where should the girls and I do dinner? Monday night in Tuscaloosa near campus. Where should we go to dinner? Where's the place to go? So you can tell me that. Reach out on social media. Then Tuesday morning, we get in the car, drive around two and a half hours over to Auburn. I already have two rolls of toilet paper ready to go toilet paper the trees. I don't know if they let you do that on a college visit, but the Auburn Tigers get the second shot. Now, Olivia's already going where the most money is offered, but we'll be on the campus of Auburn. We'll be hitting Toomer's Corner. 
and seeing that beautiful campus. So the first two schools that get a shot at her are Alabama and Auburn. So I don't know if uh, I saw Auburn yesterday and dad's questioning a little bit of the direction of Auburn right now. I don't know about that Gus bus, but we'll check it out. So we will be at uh, Auburn on Tuesday. So there you go. So the first two college visits, Monday and Tuesday, uh, look forward to seeing Alabama and Auburn. Just put your best faces on. Come on. You got a chance to impress, and I'm looking forward to it. So we wake up today to this uh, news of uh, coming from Adam Schefter about the uh, Patriots, and we've been dealing with this COVID drama for a while. And Anthony brings up a point saying that, can you ask a team to forfeit? And that is exactly what I had in my notes for this segment, so I'm going to keep it that way. I didn't know this Patriots story was going to break. Can we ask a team in the NFL to forfeit if they are not safe to play? I say in 2020 that you can. Anthony, you brought up a point that don't you have to be – I don't want to misstate your point. But if you were going to ask a team to forfeit, you had two different issues. One of them being about can you give a team an automatic win? Yeah. Like you don't like that. You don't uh, think you can do that. It's interesting. I'm not sure if I like that idea. So I'm just wondering then do you just go based on win percentage going forward then when uh, talking about you know the playoffs? Because uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm very comfortable with just handing a team a victory. If that, I think I'd feel that too. Don't you believe, though, when I look at the Patriots situation, don't you believe the Patriots situation is different than the Titans situation? I think so. I suspect chicanery, goofy stuff was going on with the Tennessee Titans. And honestly, the Titans had a chance to be the Marlins of this year. And by the way, nice gag job by the Marlins. I don't think they've scored yet. But uh, the, the idea that the Titans screwing things up for people. I mean, really are. They're screwing things up for people in the, uh, it, it, all across the NFL. I heard Jay Feely on with the uh, talented Vince Quinn. And Jay Feely was talking about the fact that, you know, he's sitting there in Nashville waiting to see if he's going to get to be part of calling a game with Tom McCarthy on Tuesday night on CBS. Which, by the way, I sort of really love this. We're going to have, like, Sunday football, Monday night football, Tuesday night football. I, I, I sort of like the idea. But there's a pro- like to me, there's a problem with this. That, like Tennessee, don't they deserve to be penalized? Don't they deserve to take it in the shorts? Don't they, shouldn't there be some penalty for having that poor? You either didn't, you either didn't follow protocols or you had people break protocol. There's a difference. You either had people doing things they weren't supposed to be doing, or you didn't follow the in-house protocols well enough. To me, the Tennessee Titans deserve a penalty. Everybody else's lives shouldn't be turned upside down because of the fact that you and your team couldn't manage to do the right thing in some way, shape, or form. 
They didn't do the right thing. And I don't, honestly, I don't understand why the NFL hasn't penalized them and why that hasn't come about. But the NFL did take some time this week to penalize one of their own. Rap Sheet, Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network, got a two-week suspension. And Anthony, did you hear what he got a two-week suspension for? The Manscaped product, right? Like Promoting yes. it? Yes. Okay. Now, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's allowed to do that or not. I don't know the terms of his contract or not. And the folks at Manscaped, I can't give them a free ad, but uh, Shaq and I do ads for them on the, on the Shaq podcast. I, so I don't know what the rules are, but a two-week suspension sounds really, really punitive. And I'm not just speaking up on behalf of Ian Rappaport, and he, he, he doesn't need me to, or uh, I don't think there's a problem there where he, he needs to be defended. But I think this is part of the danger of in-house media. I don't believe Ian Rappaport would be suspended for that if he used his personal Twitter feed. Which, by the way, his employer does not, does not control his Twitter feed. CBS Sports Radio does not control mine. No local employer controls mine. Now, if you do something on your Twitter feed that is obnoxious, you do something on your Twitter feed that brings the organization, your, the organization you work for, into ridicule, you get what you deserve. You get what you deserve, and you may lose your job over it. But the danger of in-house media is the NFL, heavy-handed NFL, can say to one of their own reporters, on your personal Twitter feed, you're not allowed to endorse a product? I was approached this week about being a brand ambassador for a product. I'm not going to tell you the product, but I was be a brand ambassador for it. Just put out a tweet, put out an Instagram post, mention that uh, how much you like the product, maybe show a picture of it. And I can make that choice. The NFL says, no, you can't. You're not allowed to do that. Ian Rappaport, you, you have to, we've got rules in place. And again, this is the danger of in-house media. All these sports teams now that have in-house media, well, we're going to let you hear from our coaches via our in-house media. There is some great work being done. I can tell you this. My buddy Dave Spadaro, old college classmate at Temple University, doing a great job with it for the Eagles. But I can tell you, the Eagles website and the Eagles in-house media is not as hard-hitting as you would get from a local radio station or television station or a print media. It's just not. It's great content for a fan, but it's from a fan's perspective. You don't get the highly critical content. The Atlanta Falcons have been hiding out behind their local media, by by their own in-house media for a while now in Atlanta. But the people who do the Falcons in-house media are some of the best I've seen across the NFL. Some of the best content 
that I've seen, I think the Falcons do a spectacular job of it, taking you on the inside, getting you to meet some of their players, getting you to understand the organization, getting you to see things you might not see as a fan. And that's awesome. But it's, from a, it's delivered to you from a fan's perspective. It's not delivered to you from a critical perspective. If you want a critical perspective, you've got to tune into me or somebody else to get that critical content. And both of them are necessary and both of them are great. But this is the danger of in-house media being media. Because as a fan, you're not being totally served. You're being served content with pom-poms. You're being served content with a filter. You're being served content that the owner is stroking paychecks for the people covering their teams. So Ian Rappaport feels it this week. He feels it. Just remember, when you are consuming what is now passing as media, take it for an entertainment value. Take it for the fine content that it is. But understand, these people are doing their jobs in straitjackets with gag orders. They can't bring you what other people can bring you. Our toll-free line will be open for you after the bottom of the hour. I'll make sure that you get a chance to get in with us. But the most comprehensive look at the world of college football comes your way every single week at this time. Set your clocks. The fallout is next on the John Kincaid Show here on CBS Sports Radio. This is the John Kincaid Show. This is the fallout. Now on the J.K. Show on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, there's plenty of fallout today, too. Much easier to scrutinize on the games that were most critical as far as figuring out how the college football playoff may shake out. Clemson, number one in the country, taking on Miami. And as I told you before, you can't spell underachieving without the U. You can't spell unprepared without the U. I'm so tired of hearing about the U. Oh, the U's back. For the fifth time in the past 12 years, the U is back. And guess what? They're not. You want proof? Here's Don Munson from the Clemson Tigers Radio Network. Lawrence takes a shotgun snap. He gives it ETN. He bounces it outside the 30, the 35, 40, 45, 50 down the sideline. He goes, stays in bounds at the 30, (laughs) the 20, the 10, the 5. ETN to the house for 6. I love the play. Play by play, Don Munson, one of the best, trying to do the play by play, and it's the there he goes. <laughs> well, everybody else was laughing at Miami too, so I guess you can excuse the color analysts for doing it. Trevor Lawrence throws for three touchdowns. He rushed for another. Clemson put a 42 17 beatdown on Miami, and it was not that close. Miami, unready for prime time. There's another U for you. Travis Etienne. 149 yards, two scores. Tigers are 4-0 for the sixth straight season. De'Ara King completed just 12 of 28 passes for 121 yards. First two interceptions of the season. And the teammates that he left behind at Houston are going, uh-huh. Miami entered the ACC leader in offense at 499 yards a game. And it was held to just 210. And Manny Diaz has not quit to go to another job. 
So we've, we've checked on that this morning, too. Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney, after the 42-17 beatdown, says his team, wow, he loved the effort. Love the mental focus and, and, and the mental toughness of our team. Uh, thought we controlled the game from really the opening kick. Uh, certainly had a lot of, of miscues and a lot of uh, things that we'd like to have back. But, you know, again, uh, to see our team respond uh, over and over and over again uh, was awesome to see. Just so many, so many good things in the game. Clemson faces Georgia Tech on Saturday. They'll hit the road, come to Atlanta, Miami at home against Pitt. So, Alabama, where I will be tomorrow on campus. Alabama at Ole Miss. And this one, honestly, has got to leave you with more questions than answers about the Crimson Tide. One thing I don't have a question about. Who's a legend? Eli Gold from Learfield IMG College. Farstall goes to the right. Hand off Najee. Big hole. He's going to go. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Alabama. 40 yards and another touchdown for Najee Harris. That is going to do it right there. There you go, Najee Harris. 206 yards, five touchdowns. Five. Alabama beats Ole Miss and former Crimson Tide assistant Lane Kiffin. 63-48. to Highest scoring SEC game in regulation time only ever. Matt Corral, 365 yards. The Rebels put up 647 yards on the Crimson Tide. That's awesome. The teams combined for an SEC record 1,370 yards. After a 63-48 win, I got to tell you, I don't know if Alabama is prepared for the big matchup they've got next week with the University of Georgia. When they come to Tuscaloosa... I'll come in first, then Georgia comes in later. Georgia took on Tennessee yesterday. And right off the bat, they're down 7-0 in this game. And, man, this could end up being a crazy upset kind of day, right? Wrong. Here's Scott Howard from Learfield IMG College. Balls on the near hash, moving left. Two receivers to the short side, two to the wide side. Snap to Garantano. Here comes pressure. We got to get it. Sack and the ball's knocked out. Back picked up by Rice at the 20, the 10, the 5. Money Rice, touchdown. Georgia wins 44 to 21. Georgia dominates 44 to 21. Stetson Bennett, two touchdown passes, ran for another. So there's a former walk-on, guys. While the defense forced three turnovers and held Tennessee to 71 total yards of offense in the second half. Unbelievable for this one. Kirby Smart. You say your team's still not where you want them to be. We're not functioning. We're not executing at a high level, uh, and that can cause problems. That's special teams. That's that's defensive execution on fastball exchanges. That's offensively getting lined up, getting in a formation, and getting the call. And uh, that can be costly if you play a team that that, uh, that, can, that, can, that can capitalize on it. Oh, they're playing one next week in Alabama. Alabama, Georgia, next Saturday night from Tuscaloosa, primetime under the lights. Number four, Florida. You know, Florida. You know, hyped up again for another offseason. You know, Florida. Over-talked about again for an entire summer and extended time. They were at Texas A&M. They're not going to lose, right? They're ranked fourth in the country. They're going to be great. Now, here's Andrew Monaco from Learfield IMG College. Two seconds left. Tied at 38. Seth Small can deliver the game winner. 
The snap is good. The kick is up. And the fighting Texas Aggies, a top five win. They take down the fourth-ranked Florida Gators. Let the celebration begin here at Kyle Field as it's nothing but Maroon Aggies in the middle of the field celebrating the win. Isaiah Spiller, 174 yards, two touchdowns. Texas A&M wins 41-38, as you heard right there, over the Gators. Jimbo Fisher's first win against a top-five opponent since getting to Texas A&M. And you got to love that. Now, for Florida, hmm, that defense is a problem. And we thought about it next. They host LSU next Saturday in the first of two straight home games. And Texas A&M will travel to Mississippi State next Saturday. Dan Mullen, give him credit, right? You know, it's going to be a unique year for us. It's going to be really interesting. Um, but uh, really good team. Give them a lot of credit. Tough football team. Uh, they made a lot of plays today. They got a lot of experience, a lot of explosive players on their team. Uh, played hard. They made a lot of plays. They needed to. Uh, made one more, I guess, than we did. Well, they did. They did a lot more than that. That's a big win. And for the Gators, that is a defense that might not be able to be fixed. They're good as a team because the offense is ridiculously awesome. Defense mediocre. Notre Dame taking on Florida State. Florida State, we already have determined on this show, stinks. Paul Burmeister from the Notre Dame Radio Network will clarify it. First down and 10 now. They're inside of Florida State territory at the 46. 621 and counting left in the first quarter. Notre Dame leading Florida State 7-3. Kyron Williams left side open across the 40. 35-30. He's got a chance. 20-10-5. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Woo! Wow! 46 yards. Kyron Williams around the left side and down the far sideline. Anthony, I'm going to need that woo-wow from the end of that highlight. I'm going to need that as a permanent drop on the show. Because that that, that's great stuff. Notre Dame wins 42-26. Williams runs for 185 yards, two touchdowns. Ian Book, 16-25 for 201 yards, two touchdowns. And he ran for another 58. Notre Dame, fourth straight game to start the season. At home when Louisville visits next Saturday. It's called Louisville, not Louisville. Number eight, North Carolina versus number 19, Virginia Tech. No, Virginia Tech should never have been a top 20 team. And let me assure you of this. After watching North Carolina yesterday, they shouldn't be a top 10 team. Here's Jones Angel from Learfield IMG College. 8.59 to go. Carolina up 49-37. They'll keep it on the ground with Carter. Carter sprinting to the near side. Gets a great block in front of him. Carter off to the races. 25-20-10-5. Give him six, baby. Michael Carter having a career day. And he hits pay dirt for the score. 214 yards, two touchdowns for Carter. Leading North Carolina up to a 56-45 victory. Javante Williams, a career best 169 yards and two more scores. The Tar Heels had 399 rushing yards, their best output on the ground since 1993. And it's the first time in program history that the Tar Heels had two players crack the 160-yard mark in the same game. They'll visit Florida State for a victory next Saturday. Congratulations to North Carolina, but uh, neither one of those teams looks like true challengers when you're looking at a team like Clemson. Just a quick summary, Auburn survives Arkansas 30-28, to with a lot of help from officials. Arkansas should have another win. Great job there for them. Uh, BYU won 27-20, and LSU got upset again, this time by Missouri. It looks like a one-and-done. It was a magical year. 
If your team didn't make the fallout, blame your athletic director. Blame your coach. Blame the talent. They're just not getting it done. Great job by at Tony Pierno on Twitter. Putting that together for you. Wow! (laughs) There you go. That's just perfect. Every single week here on the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. The owner of the best hair in sports radio. Just ask him. Welcome back to the J.K. Show on CBS Sports Radio. That's not an unofficial poll, by the way. Have you seen sports radio? You seen it? Anthony, I got to tell you, though, 24 pounds in 10 weeks. That's been, at least I've been productive since August 1st. And Very productive. Uh, but, um... The uh, gentleman asked me here, he goes, how did you lose 24 pounds in 10 weeks? Well, first rock, Shaq's trainer's the best. And it's not an exercise routine other than just doing strength training but uh, and getting cardio in. But uh, low-level cardio. He said I was doing too much cardio. Like I was doing too, I was running. And he says, you shouldn't be running. Put it at a put it at an incline, a, like a little bit of an incline, and go slow. What's your incline? Uh, three point, three point oh. Okay. What do you is that is that good? Like I don't even know. Is that good? Bad? It feels like I'm walking uphill the entire time. But I'll watch TV or something. But honestly, put it at a low speed. And he's like, do that and keep your heart rate low, and it'll help you. But it's all about eating, man. It's been all about eating. You need to have a nice balance between the two. Obviously, eating is crucial. I've told my doctor over and over again, though, Anthony, I have lost and gained the same 20 to 25 pounds probably six times in a 20-year period. And and that's not good for you. Look, it's good when you take it off, but it's not good for you. I've got to learn the, the dis- and I'm disciplined in every single other thing in my life. Except for food. But I like find myself like I'll go, I'll get lazy about my eating and my eating choices. And I, I just got to do that. And this has been really easy though. A lot of protein, a lot of vegetables, a lot of uh, salad, but just not potatoes and bread and everything, which I love, which I love. And I'm not a sweets person, so it's been pretty easy there. 855-212-4CBS. I know Richard in Myrtle Beach joins us. Richard, what's going on, brother? Hey, good morning, John. Congrats on your uh, weight loss. I'm in Thank you. And my job loss, too. I mean, so the, both well, of them no, came in the same period of time. Hey, listen, real quick, before I get, if I, there were two people in sports I'd want to meet, you would be number one. Dabo Sweeney would be number two. Really? You're in good company. Dabo yes, is such a Dabo is such a better man than I am, though. I got to be honest with you. He's just, he's but such I a listen man. to you every Sunday, and I love your show and Thank your you, upbeat and all that. That's why you'd be number one in my book. Well, when I come over there to golf, and I'm going to sometime soon in the next couple of years, then I will tell you when I'm coming. I'll announce it on the air. All right, that'll work. That'll John, let me ask you something. I listen to CBS Sports all week. The different, you know, like DA and all that. Sure. Well, this past week, when Ron Rivera, who I love and I respect, and I'm so glad Washington got him, maybe we can do something. 
they came down on when he benched Haskins. Why? And put him what, the third. What were they? String. What were they coming down on him about? I didn't hear the well, other hosts. I didn't get to hear well, what they were. Well, what what they were saying is he only played four games. Really, he didn't have a chance to prove himself. Yeah, and it was upsetting me because Ron's the coach. We find it, and he probably saw something. And he knew he wasn't going to be the quarterback of the future. I'm sure Ron will get us a good quarterback between now and next year. And they're saying they're in the last place. They weren't going to the playoffs. Why play him? And to me, it just upset me because we finally got a good coach and he well, made a Rich- decision. Right. And, Richard, here's what I'll tell you about Dwayne Haskins. He doesn't understand professionalism. There are enough reports coming out of, of Washington about, like, him after a loss – and you saw him, and I had to go watch the video of it. After they lost to the Ravens, he's bouncing around on the field after the game, like sort of like jumping up and down, sort of bouncing all around, like he didn't just lose a game and get his teeth kicked in. And also reports of him bragging about throwing for 300 yards in a loss and turning off some of his teammates. I appreciate your call, Richard. I'll catch you for that beer in Myrtle Beach at some point. Uh, but – to me, you got to understand professionalism. I know for a fact that Ron Rivera is a NFL professional. As a player, as an assistant coach, as a coordinator, and as a head coach. I know Ron Rivera is a professional. If Ron Rivera pulled the plug on Dwayne Haskins, I'm going to trust that Ron Rivera knows a hell of a lot more than I do. There are guys who have talent who don't work hard. I'm not saying that's the case here. But there are guys who have talent who don't lead other men, can't lead people. And again, I'm not saying that's the case. But there are many reasons why a coach would pull the plug on a quarterback. And I'm going to trust that Ron Rivera knows what he's talking about. Gary in Rocky Top Tennessee joins us. Wow, what's going on, Gary? First of all, it's always great to have that skinny guy, John Kincaid, on the air there. Skinny is not the word yet, but hey, how about how about this? For, just the forty-four regular suit is fantastic. Loving it. Hey, that's hey, that's great. Hey, uh, I think the team that has obviously handled the COVID pandemic the best so far is obviously the Clemson Tigers because they all got exposed to it before the season. So now it's all behind them for the most part. And uh, I got a job for you, John. You and Pierre now need to go to truck driving school, uh, become a team truck drivers, and you could broadcast while driving trucks. See, I could make that a show. <laughs> I could do either. Thank you. Gary, blow the horn for us. There you go. Thank you, buddy. Blow the horn. There you go, buddy. Thank you, man. I um, Truck driver, Anthony. My Uncle Charles uh, was one of my favorite uncles. My mom's oldest brother. And Uncle Charles was a truck driver. That's so a podcast. I, Your adventures on the road as a truck driver. So I go on the road and I do a sports talk radio. Like I pull over at a diner. Have the microphone right inside, and just the truck do the show you. there from like a diner, and then and then drive to the next. When I drop my load off in that town, I then do a oh show. Oh boy, you would Get, see some really interesting things driving across America, stopping at all these truck stops, and you know, my uncle would tell me about as a young boy. He would tell me about truck stop Trixie. <laughs> that there, Trixie was at every truck stop, and my mom would be shooing him off, going, "Charles, Charles, stop that." He would also, every single year, right around Christmas, it would be Thanksgiving, 
So we'd be at Thanksgiving dinner and the family's all together and everything. And Uncle Charles would say, yeah, I was out the other night. It was foggy on the road. I was driving and I think I hit something. I don't it. It looked like a, 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 a something in a big red suit. And I think he had like some deer with him or something. And I'd be like, oh, was that Santa Claus? And he goes, no, 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 I didn't hit. Right. I, I don't think I did. And then he'd do the same thing with the Easter bunny. Right around Christmas, he'd say he ran over this bunny and there was a bunch of eggs in a basket. And I'd be like, what? What did you do, you murderer? Loved Uncle Charles, though he was a bit sadistic. Andrew in Brookhaven, Georgia. Andrew, what's going on, brother? Welcome to the John Kincaid Show. How are you? You're listening on my old station, right? 680 The Fan, carrying the show. Listen, I'm missing, I miss listening to you every day. They made a terrible mistake. No, they're good uh, people. They're good people. They did. I do agree with you, though. I do agree. It was a terrible mistake, but I, they're good people. They are, they are good people. There's great people on the show, but I miss listening to you. My question for you, Kincaid, is, you know, how embarrassed does Arthur Blank have to be for a, a head coaching change, a general manager change? Everything across the board for Atlanta, like, do, you know, is the injury play going to be an excuse now saying, oh, well, we'll give DQ a pass because everybody's injured, Julio, we don't know if he's coming back or not. Right. Like, what, what's the threshold here? Here's the threshold. I believe Arthur Blanks lost his fastball. And I appreciate your call, buddy. Um, I believe that Arthur Blank lost his fastball a while back. And... I knew Arthur Blank when he took over the Falcons. And by the way, if you had an NFL franchise, so you're in a, you're in a city and you find out that Arthur Blank bought your franchise, you would be really, really glad to have this man buy your franchise. Because hands down, everyone that I ever know who has worked for him as far as a player in the NFL, who's been a part of his team, says that Arthur Blank doesn't spare $1 to make players feel wanted, respected, have the best of everything, make sure that they will be have every tool at their disposal for success. But what makes Arthur Blank sometimes ineffective is the th- same thing in life that makes me sometimes ineffective. I believe he's too loyal. And I believe he gets suckered by people. And Thomas Dimitrov is the best general manager he's ever had. Best one he's ever had. The franchise has ever had. There's been ups. There's been downs. There's been ups. There's been downs. But maybe a new set of eyes is necessary. I'm not sure. Dan Quinn, I am sure. Ever since the loss, 28-3, to no one was going to recover from that. Perception-wise or otherwise. And the problem is he keeps self-fulfilling that prophecy of choking, of of blowing games. Abe in South Carolina joins us. Abe, what's going on, brother? Hey, John. I appreciate taking my call. I think I got a solution to resolve these postponed games due to COVID-19. What do you do? Uh, Put the the ones that have COVID-19 in quarantine and bring in second string practice squad. I agree with you. And if it's a coaching staff or a cowboy that's got COVID-19, open uh, ND for hire. I mean, 
you shouldn't postpone games just to see if they can play two games or a week or forfeit. Whatever. And look, I, I love what you're saying there, and I appreciate your call. I love that. They expanded the rosters this year for a reason. Play the freaking games. Play them. And by the way, before you think I'm insensitive, before you think I'm, John, this is a deadly virus. Can I ask you again? College football, positive tests all over the place. Major League Baseball, positive tests. NFL, positive tests. Can you tell me the player that is where their life has been in danger because of it? Can you tell me the player that faced life-threatening circumstances because of it? I'll spoil it for you. You can't. Play the damn games. That's why you expanded the rosters. Play the games. And if your roster can't support you playing, you should forfeit. That's just me. That's exactly what I think should happen. And we've got a slate of NFL games we're going to be talking about today on the show and uh, looking ahead to it. Uh, There are franchises that are doing the right things that are franchises doing the wrong things. I look at the Patriots facility, which got closed down today. I look at them differently than the Titans. I look at the Titans as a bunch of clowns right now, the way they've gone about their business. Speaking of clowns, when you're cheaters, when you're liars, when you're thieves, stop trying to pretend that you're victims. The ALCS is here. Plus, my first playoff four of the week. Next, John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.